We're joined now by Reno Mai, former BYU star and Philadelphia Eagles player. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Reno, good morning. Good morning. How goes it? It goes well. We have many things to talk to you about, but uh, your name has come up a few times here as this whole name, image, and likeness thing is broken. And we'll, and we'll get into some of the how it might help local schools with local players. And You were a high-profile local player, and you were a very good college player, and you had a ton of charisma, and you loved being in front of the camera. We kind of identified you as a guy who could have really crushed it if name, image, and likeness had come along a quarter of a century earlier. Any regrets? Feel like you missed out? You feel like, why did the NCAA finally get their act together now? Where were they when I needed them? Oh, no, I totally used the NIL back when I was playing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Statute of limitations is up, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a full right scholarship to school. I didn't have to pay for school. <laughs> but, you know, a, guy, a kid like day, you would have cashed in. NIL. Yeah. You would have been able to cash in. I mean, you're the best high school player I've ever seen, and I've worked in three states. I mean, your feet over there at Brighton were unbelievable, and no, no one ever got a clean shot at you ever for all the, the entire time. I mean, I saw so many of your games because I live in the area, and, you know, you, you did have just an, an awesome amount of personality to go with it, too. You've already displayed that. Uh, do, you, do you think it's the, something that high school kids can begin developing and carry it on into college, especially if they stay local? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, when, when I saw it coming, like maybe about the last year or so when things were coming out about it, I thought BYU would benefit the most from this in, in the sense that the local kids, the, all the BYU business owners in the Valley and um, just the global brand of um, BYU. And so these kids, if they start growing their social media presence now and start, um, you know, getting their name recognition out there, they could do very well for themselves. You know, I, I could see schools offering something, you know, like there's all these different um, businesses that are, are going to hire you when you come to our school. And I think that's something BYU will be able to, you know, within the rules, that's the hard part is I don't know exactly how the rules are playing out. But you can see what happened with Bill, Bill Barr and all these different things coming on that, like, I think BYU is going to benefit greatly from it, and it, which all these other – and it's just awesome to see these kids getting what they deserve, and um, I'm excited for these kids. So do you think it will be enough that some of the high-profile – not all, but some of the high-profile local kids who've been leaving to go to Oregon and Stanford and USC and, and wherever else – will stay put or will they continue to leave for high profile programs and maybe it'll impact the next year of kids? It's, it's all money. It's all money. If the Utah boosters, the BYU boosters, if they all step up, they'll start keeping these kids home. I, I, and, and here's the hard part. And I, I know these parents have this feeling about getting their kids out there at all these other schools. The reality is the majority of these kids, they move back to Utah. And so you see all these so many of these kids that leave, they move back to this state. I mean, Utah's a great state. I and mean, look at it. We're in a drought. We need rain. All these crazy Mormons pray for rain, and we get rain. Like, it's <laughs> awesome. But 
Utah is a great state, and these kids need to start staying home, whether it's at BYU, Utah. And it, to me, it's going to come down to these BYU businesses, Utah businesses, their, um, all the different boosters. Like, let's do a good job of keeping our kids home. Why did you stay home? Because you probably could have gone many different places. Uh, my first go-around was my mom. She, she made me go to BYU. I didn't really care for BYU. And so, but I'm talking. If my mom tells me to do something, you're going to do it. Right? <laughs> and then, um, and that's the hard part I have with some of these parents. So many parents, I'm like, dude, tell your kid to stay here. Oh, it's up to my kids. Like, it's up to your kid. Like, your kid probably, you, you probably still have to tell your kid to take a shower after practice, and you're, you're making him do these kind of life decisions. Like, some of these parents just need to make their kids stay in the state. Um, as far as the second go around, Norm was trying to get me to go to USC. It, that was my wife's fault. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to marry son, so I had to stay at BYU and stay here with her. <laughs> you're going to get any blowback from this, Reno, or are you going to be able to weather this storm you're creating? <laughs> What storm is that? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> so how dialed in are you to the team right now, or are you kind of keeping it at arm's length this time of year? No, it's COVID. I got to stay as far as away. I don't want to get nobody sick. I don't want them blaming me for anything. So I keep my distance and just enjoy it from afar as a fan. And Every now and then check in on the coaches. And But I'm excited for this year. Yeah, you look at Kalani, and you know, at BYU, we know because of missions and whatnot that it takes a while. And so he's going into his sixth season, and he's coming off a fantastic season, one of the better ones in program history, where a number of guys for the first time and who knows how long got to the NFL and are going to be on NFL rosters. How about just the state of the program in terms of what he's building? What's your assessment? Hey. The, the players have all bought in. They know Kalani loves them. And I, I love the saying that these, these players, they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And so they know Kalani cares. They know his staff cares. And so these boys will, they'll, you know, they'll run through walls for him. And so that's, that's what your program wants. And so I, I think, you know, Kalani's building a great deal over there. And um, everyone's excited for this year. And, amazing schedule Tom has put together for them and so it'll be great to see what happens give me that saying one more time I don't think I've heard that before that was pretty smooth you just rattled that right off players don't care how much you know till they know how much you care and so they these again you can tell these coaches they love their players um same goes with the staff at the U you know, they they have coaches there that love their players. I know a lot of those guys personally, and, and they do. And these players feel it, and they know it. And so these players are willing to do, you know, football is not easy, but they're willing to do it because they know how much these coaches care about them. Yeah, when you look at Kalani, do you think that uh, that's, if you were to list his strong points, would you put that right at the top? Because you spend any time with the guy, and you feel like coming away with, man, he's really a great person. He's my, I'm his best friend. I mean, I don't know how many people are able to do that, but however he does it, he manages to make you feel like that. No, he's, Kalani's all love, but Kalani's also one of those Tongan nerds. 
he's like this, he's so smart. And so as much as he comes across as, you know, he's loving, he's a fun guy, he is super smart. And so he can dissect a game, dissect a team, a player. I mean, just it's, it was one of the coolest things sitting with him, watching film and how he breaks down someone's hip and the way that, you know, they're burst. And, but, I mean, he knows the game. He knows the X's and O's. And, and BYU is very lucky to have him. So expect him to back up that 11-1 season with another big year? I'm hoping so. But, I mean, again, the weird-shaped ball. So you never know which way the ball bounces. But he's got the players to do it. He's got the staff to do it. So um, I think they, they should have a special year. Everybody knows, Reno, that BYU doesn't pay what the going rate is as far as if you're successful as a head coach. So he put together the 11 and... No, they don't. That's why I'm not there no more. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) So terrible, but they do it for the love of the school, the love of the kids, and so they, they don't. They absolutely don't. Right, <laughs> they right. need to do a better job of that. Well, okay, that's where I'm going with this because the fact is if he goes out and has a big-time season this year, I mean, he's such a charismatic, likable guy, and then he'll have a, a resume that can back it up. And we saw Mendenhall took off, and you know, well, for whatever reason, he can say what he wants, but he also received a massive amount of uh, money to go, you know, well over $3 million. He wasn't making anything close to that. You know Kalani, and you've known him very well for many, many years, better than us. And so if he puts together a good season – I think that some people are going to come calling. Uh, what do you think about his desire to, you know, he's a Utah County BYU guy, but at the same time, money talks. What do you think about that? He, you, you, I mean, you said it as if people aren't calling. Kalani loves BYU, but the, the reality is there comes a time of point where BYU just needs to do what they can to keep him. I mean, they, they have the resources, like, they just need to pay the guy to keep him here. But you're right. I mean, here, here's the funny thing. If BYU has so many of, what is it, the Pac-12 South, yeah. BYU could run the table on the Pac-12 South. I was just looking at the schedule the other day. They could essentially have more wins than any Pac-12 South team. <laughs> <laughs> if BYU runs the table on the Pac-12 South, and the Pac-12 South eat each other up, they could end the season with more Pac-12 South wins than any of the Pac-12 South teams. (laughs) How how ironic would that be? Right, yeah. yeah, But at the end of the day, BYU needs to, they need to do what they can to keep Kalani. And their staff, that's the problem. You're going to start losing more of their staff. Like, these guys are going to get picked off left and right, and it's all financially. People love Provo. People love to stay in the – BYU is a great school. It's the hardest school to be a coach, but it's a great school. It's a great – you know, Utah's a great place. So when you talk to your buddies, the coaches, can you give us any insight, any nuggets, things that are true about the team that maybe the coaches don't mind being out there, but they don't – they just can't have their name associated with it? Players who are going to be good – position groups that are going to be really good? Um, I, 
and it's just kind of a rule I have when I'm with the guys. I was with some of them just, um, what, Sunday? I don't talk football. And I had a buddy that came with me. Uh, we were meeting up with them for this uh, Tree of Life tour in Highland. And I said, you have one rule when we go here. I didn't tell him who we were meeting with. And I said, you can't talk football. And he's like, oh, I won't. He's like, he's a big BYU, you know, been a booster forever. I was like, no talking football when we get to this place. And so I don't talk football when I'm around the coaches just because of this. You ask me something like this, then I have nothing to share because I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. And so I just have a rule with these guys. I don't talk football. You say BYU is the hardest place to coach. Why is that? You can't get, you know, free range of players that would want to come. The two years I was there, we had players that wanted to come and the school wouldn't let them in players that could have helped the program. And so, you know, we have a player that's playing on Sunday right now in the NFL, what it came, but he didn't want to cut his hair. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that any other of these big schools? Like we just, but it's all right. They know that, you know, these coaches know the challenges, but it's the hardest place to coach football. We will leave it there, Reno. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always great talking to you. Reno Mai, former Brighton Bengal, BYU Cougar, and Philadelphia Eagle. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The best high school football player you ever saw. You've seen some pretty good high school football players. That's high praise. Yes. I was trying to think of other players that I saw, and obviously they're guys who've gone on to the pros, and not just here, but in California, too. But he was, he was in a class by himself. Oh, yeah. I've told the story many times. I've lived in the Brighton area, and word got around. you got to go see this kid. He, I saw him spin around a safety. He got through yeah. the, the line, the linebackers, and he had the safeties. He faked one way, faked the other, and he had the kid turning around. The kid tripped over his own feet and fell down, and Reno scored untouched. It was phenomenal. I haven't seen anybody else do that. And we've seen running backs run for 1,500 or more yards. See yeah. kids score 20, 30 touchdowns, whatever. And when you get in the newspaper business, usually in the sports department, you start out covering high schools. Mm-hmm. And I was no exception. I covered high schools in Arizona. I covered high schools in California. And I would need a list. I would forget all the guys that I covered who, who've gone on to and played. To the, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be able to I remember, remember them all. Haloti Maybe Nata. in Utah, but not <clears throat> yeah. in California. I remember seeing Haloti Nada the first time and thinking, well, he was easy to pick out. He was way bigger than everybody else. I know, but I'm not a lineman guy. I know. I know, right? It's easier when somebody has the ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and obviously he played a number of many, many years. No, I like the the guys who carry the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball. That's what I look at. I let the big dudes worry about I'm not a big dude, so I let them worry about that. So, sure, yeah, I like the excitement of it. Puka Nakua's got to be on that list. He was phenomenal. He was. He completely outclassed everyone in kind of in a way Reno did. Receiver's a little different, depending on getting the ball to you, but sure. he made some... Unbelievable catches. But Reno's feet were just just absolutely amazing, yeah. Interesting, he says it's the hardest place. I used to not agree with that, but I'm moving toward agreeing with that a lot more than I used to. And we can elaborate. All right, we'll do that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.